0: <laughs>
1: hi i'm alan altman
0: and i'm dave
1: just and this is billy joel a to z
0: Welcome to Billy Joel A2Z, Alan and I love talking about everything Billy Joel, and today our journey brings us to the song off of his sixth album, 52nd Street, entitled Stiletto. Stiletto kicks off the unbelievable, underrated second side of the Grammy-winning 52nd Street album, Stiletto. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. I just feel I need to (laughs) amazingly appears on side two of creplock along with big man on Mulberry street and baby grand that fills up the entire side of the album. It kind of appears on 12 gardens live, but only if you purchase it in the iTunes store, you get stiletto and honesty. Although never released as a single, like scenes from an Italian restaurant, stiletto became popular through FM radio airplay, if anyone remembers radio. Well, Alan, we get to this song, Stiletto, not a Billy Joel standard, but certainly for a fan, a classic. Where do you feel that these folks that rank Billy Joel's songs and seem to have a lot of views on especially the underrated classics? Where do you suppose our friend Christopher Bonanos will start with him? Select Stiletto out of 121 songs.
1: I feel like this goes pretty high for him. And I'm going to just throw a number out. 27.
0: Excellent. Excellent. You pretty much hit it on the nose. It's at
1: 22. Another energetic R&B song. I'm surprised he described it as an R&B song. I never even, that never crossed my mind, really. Because it's not. It's a
0: ridiculous description. He's wrong on that one, but he's right on the, probably right on the, where it ranks. But Glenn Gamboa, it's weird. Glenn Gamboa puts it at 64, and then he says, love and snapping fingers have never sounded quite so dangerous. (laughs) So it seems like he kind of likes it, but then yet puts it at 64. Now the fans rank it exactly where Christopher Bonanos puts it, which is at
1: 22. It makes sense for you. is 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 it pretty high up for you also?
0: I haven't decided yet. I don't really, I'm not really familiar with this song. As many of you already know, I can't imagine you'd be sitting there. What? They're like, oh, right. It's just Go, not a lawn. I don't, you know, I I, I guess I've heard it. (laughs) But when people said stiletto, it doesn't instantly ring in my head of what it was. And even when I had been doing the research for the song a few days ago, when I knew we were doing it today, I couldn't remember how it goes. So it's just not prominent for me. I like it a lot, but uh, I don't think about it the way I think about other songs.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. For me, I'd say it's in my top 30, probably. So I'm kind of with the fans and everything, but not in the top, top area. Meanwhile, my sister says this is her favorite Billy Joel song. So some people love it. Really? Her favorite? Oh, that's interesting. She likes high heels. I think it's just the shoe thing.
0: I thought you said she was on the spectrum. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, oh, see, well, that's the thing. She likes high heels, which is sexy. Uh, but that, that's what I thought the song was about. I had no idea it wasn't about
1: high heels. It's about a woman who uses the tip of her high heels to stab guys, apparently. Well,
0: that, that's what I thought it was, but that is not the case, right? She puts
1: razor blades on the heel so she can slash them with it. I think what the song is about, I mean, obviously it's about like a woman, it's using a metaphor of like a knife fight, but this this yeah. to me is, look, it's got this like foreboding bass line that da-dun-dun, da-dun-dun, and then the finger snaps. And then basically the whole song on the lyrics are about like a knife fight. This is his West Side Story song.
0: Well, that makes sense. What I'm saying is, I mean, uh, uh, I don't even know whether it's, a. well, I mean, I guess it is a metaphor, sure, but I mean, a stiletto is a knife or dagger with a long slender blade and needle-like point primarily intended as a stabbing weapon. So it was not ever intended to be a high heel, which I don't know whether they didn't have stiletto shoes back in 1979 or whatever, because, you know, it works either way. Because like I was thinking like you were, it, it could you know, in yeah. single white female, um, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, spoiler alert, uh, kills Stephen Weber by putting a stiletto in his eye.
1: It's an Ew. accident,
0: but it happens. Yeah. It's kind of cool. So that's why I, I definitely thought that's what the song was about, but it clearly is about a switchblade.
1: I oh, remember. that makes way more sense. Okay. So stiletto is also the name of a blade and that's, that's what this lady is using.
0: I had to look it up.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. The shoe I mean, thing didn't make any sense.
0: No. It, well, it, Right. It didn't make any sense. So I had to make sure that I wasn't missing it, too. And stiletto is another word, which I guarantee nobody uses anymore for a, or at least the people, thank God, that we know uh, for a switchblade
1: pretty much. Yeah. Good to know.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it is interesting. You're right. It's like West Side Story. You're right with the finger snaps and everything. It's uh, it certainly is fun. It is fun. So but I will tell you that I, I definitely didn't know the song because when we were doing my life and we were showing the video. And you said, Oh, I like that it opens with Stiletto. I had no idea that was Stiletto. Right. Remember that <laughs> when he's in the park, uh, you know, in, in the in the, the, the playground before my life starts, I didn't know it was stiletto. So you knew right away. And I guess I don't know this song very well.
1: Yeah. But look, that speaking of that video, that totally fits into what I was saying about this being the West Side story kind of thing because that's so right. He right. uses this song when he while he's showing these like street gang guys, which is him and his band, of course, uh, you know, acting tough in a New York playground. And then in some of the live versions, also, he has the gay caballeros his like road crew snapping their fingers wearing oh, leather jackets, finger snaps. Oh, yeah. And they kind wow. of also look sort of like they'd be like the Jets or the Sharks.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I uh, I didn't see that. But so according to the the, the, the finger snaps, Phil Ramone, uh, actually in his book, had said that the I'm going to just read his quote exactly memorable Phil's phrases and breaks, such as the one heard on stiletto are what set the best records apart these devices are especially effective when they're heard at the beginning of a song If you can come up with something spicy and unique you've got a better chance of getting and holding the audience's attention and he's pretty much talking about the bass lines the finger snaps and cliffhanger breaks which were incorporated to the song after it was done they, uh, they, like Billy Joel was like, it's missing if Billy Joel and Phil Ramone. Well, although this time we're, we're not even sure what Phil Ramone does over there uh, <laughs> since what seems to the second restaurant, they decided that something was missing and these were all added
1: in afterwards. You mean even like the sax solo in the beginning, that whole opening section?
0: That part I'm not positive about, but the finger snaps and all that kind of stuff. Now, just so you know, because I, I can't find it. Maybe you could tell me. Apparently, there's a sound effect. which, you know, we know Billy Joel uh, worships of a switchblade opening.
1: Oh, I never heard that.
0: I never heard it either. So I've been listening intently for it. And I'm hoping maybe one of our listeners can tell us where it is. Now, it is said that somewhere in this song, there is a sound of a switchblade opening. I've been listening for it to try and figure out where it is. But if we can find it, it is not a sound of a switchblade opening. It's supposed to be. But what it is, is Liberty DeVito. Opening an umbrella that's supposed to sound like a switchblade open. Okay, <laughs> he somehow timed it exactly correct at the right part of the song where it sounds like a switchblade opening. It is just opening an umbrella really quickly.
1: Wow, Liberty DeVito, foley artist. Well,
0: I think they told him to do it. He didn't think of it himself. I'm just kidding. He's amazing on this track. Listen, the I know we well. I like making fun of him mostly just because he. uh should have been uh, called out for uh, what's it called? Dis- dis- disordination subordinate, what is In-
1: insubordination, In- subordination. But the fact
0: of the matter is, as we all know, as Billy Joel fans or whatever I am, is that he is <laughs> a spectacular drummer and does come up with some unbelievable beats that clearly Billy Joel knew he was capable of and did because you don't keep around somebody that sucks. You keep around a problematic person who's good at their job. And you can ask me because I had a job for 20 years where everyone came in and said, why do you keep him? He's really good at his job. (laughs) So me and Liberty DeVito are very much alike.
1: Yeah. Uh, Abrasive people who are just good at what they do. Damn it.
0: We're talking about a person that the HR director tried to kill at uh, their office. This is me. The HR director tried to kill me at the office Christmas party. She hated me so much. And they're like, why don't you get rid of him if he's that problematic? He's very good at his job. Nobody else seems to know it like he does. It's hard to explain. That's Liberty DeVito in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I'm sure Billy Joel wanted to kill him multiple times. I can't believe this guy's yelling at me. I'm his boss. And he's like, but he came up with that unbelievable drum beat.
1: Yeah. Damn it. He, he opens the umbrella so well.
0: And he's fun to watch on video. He is exciting. He gets into it. It's not like he's sitting there going like, oh, are we playing this song again? He's into it.
1: And yeah. you like that. Yeah, drummer. you like those energetic drummers who are like, they, they'll sing along, even though they don't have a microphone in front of them.
0: Uh, that's what makes uh, the guy in Green Day so fun. I don't know his name.
1: Mike Dirt.
0: Yeah, he's a fun guy, right? He's just a, he's an interesting, fun drummer. And also, of course, uh, what is his Taylor Hawkins, I believe the guy from um, Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters who just died. He was a fun guy too you like yeah he
1: was and and keith moon was like that too
0: in the immortal words of keith moon have a little respect it's a fucking opera that's what they say (laughs) before they play tommy live (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he he, he would tap
1: his drumstick and be like assemble the assemble the orchestra assemble the orchestra
0: yeah so guys like that are cool and so we know why we know why he kept liberty devito around and then finally got sick of him just the final album you can't get angry at that the guy was a loyal friend and employer for 20 years it happens it happened to me we have very similar careers (laughs) mine's not so flashy
1: But going back to what you were saying about Phil Ramone, that's really fascinating. This idea of like having like this intro section that has a kind of a cliffhanger that kind of captures you right away. That's not really like the rest of the song. That's right. Um, it's kind of the philosophy that was behind uh, Light My Fire by the Doors, where they have that very catchy opening. Right. Right. And then it goes into the song and then it ends with that catchy opening again. And it just ends at that point, which they said they did, because then it makes you want to start the song over again, because you remember the beginning. And stiletto does the same thing where it ends on like the intro sounds.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I got to say that's I mean, this song perfectly fits on 52nd Street for whatever Billy was trying to do where we call it a jazz album where you could say it is and it isn't. This song could be on no other album. I mean, it could, but it works here perfectly. That sax solo is perfect, you know, for a yes quote jazz album. Uh, I like. The, the keyboards in it, not the piano, but the keyboards, which I just refer to it as kind of a Paul Schaefer keyboard organ of this sound that he used to get, which was the coolest, I think. It, it sounds more like a, like an organ. Mm-hmm. But it's cool keyboards, which was like 70s and 80s stuff, which I love, and there's a, a couple of parts where they play it. When they do it live, it's, it's even more prolific in it. But uh, also, I really like the, two th- the uh, 12 Gardens live live version. It's, it's really up-tempo and cool.
1: Yeah, every live version of this is really fun, actually. Really yeah. good. And um, what's cool live is when you can see in that middle sax solo how like the lead guitarist will play along, too. It's not just a sax solo. It's also the guitar going along with it, and there's a lot of power there. And I assume that this was Dave Brown on guitar, but I think it's this guy, Steve Kahn, who played it on the recording, actually.
0: I know, because every time he would play it, I would go, Kahn! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly but uh yeah richie richie canada's good uh sax once again is unbelievable and like you said this is probably the most jazzy the most appropriate song for this whole album this and zanzibar probably fit the best really on the whole and, theme
0: and uh half mile away
1: that doesn't feel jaz- jazzy to me though so, it's, got, with it's got a lot openings. of horns but it's not like jazz yeah
0: but i guess i'm thinking that way now that we know about the, when I had the trivia question about Dave Grusin putting the horn section together, who's a legendary jazz guy. And I guess that's what makes me think half a mile away is still part of this jazz uh, odyssey, as they say in Spinal Tap. Yeah. I'm not going to play free-throwing jazz odyssey in front of a festive crowd. But he does. <laughs> <laughs> that, I guess the second side of the album is more of what he intended this album to be, where the first side has the hits
1: yeah right so big shot honesty, my life he's got to have those those are the hits but
0: it's so brilliant it's so brilliant he like knew he's like i want to do a jazz album which i know no one will buy because see this is why we know him like in the sense why he's still around and still relevant because this guy didn't take the bait where this you got the stranger you're the bell of the ball you could do whatever you want for the next album it's like an actor like Bill Murray or something who does this unbelievable thing. And then he wants to do a serious movie because he wants to show his chops because he can, because he just made, you know, a million dollars or, you know, t- 20 million dollars doing stripes. And he's like, now I need to do a serious one so I can show people I'm an actor, which, of course, is pisses the fans off to no end. But of course, it stretches his career. So he's now known as a an all around actor, not just here he can do comedy, he can do serious. Yeah. So it works for him. Which is just like this. He's like, I want to do a jazz album next, and Columbia's like, Are you out of your goddamn mind? He says, Well, we'll just tuck it on the second side. I'll have the hits in the front. Don't worry. I mean, that's brilliant.
1: Yeah, here's the three singles. So don't worry, the casual fans will get fed. They're gonna. These are gonna, all gonna be hits. And then if you buy the album, you're gonna get jazz. Yeah, I
0: mean that's the way to do it. That's the way to have your cake and eat it too. There it is. Yes. That never thought about it until today goddamn brilliant and that's exactly you give them the, and this is what we talk about all the time he's giving the fans what they want and, and this is what we'd like to see more in his concerts this is what we've been talking about since we've gotten to the s's he he should do more of this at concerts give the fans what they want and then do a couple of things for yourself because you're billy joel and you're awesome and the things you do for yourself are still very very entertaining
1: right but you know, speaking dude, of concerts uh this doesn't get played as much as you would hope it would be you want to hear the live stats i sure do So this is the 37th most played song. He's played it 134 times, which sounds pretty good. But the last time he played, it was in 2017 in Salt Lake City. Before that, 2009. Oh, my. He hasn't played it at Madison Square Garden since 2006. And probably that
0: live gardens concert, probably for the live taping.
1: Yeah. And yeah, maybe it was for that. And then... he played it a lot in the 80s. In the 80s this was like a real staple, but since then it's been spotty. So I don't know, he should really bring this back cuz he plays Vienna a good amount. You know, other songs from, you know, that have this kind of feel that that are fan favorites, but uh for some reason and Zanzibar gets played a decent amount now.
0: Yeah. For the 80s it was perfect because that sax solo, that's what everybody was doing in the 80s. There was always a saxophone solo in the 80s, so it did make a lot of sense. And this album was came out very close to the 80s, but um you know, Yeah, that's that is interesting. I guess he just was like, yeah doesn't work for me anymore. What are you going to do? I'm sure there's a lot of songs like that we'd all like to hear, but certainly this is one of those ones. If we went to the concert, we would come up. You and I would just be like, oh, my God, he played stiletto last night. It was amazing. Yeah,
1: and, that you know, would make a whole
0: night. Yeah, right. Because we heard a rarity. That's yeah. all you asked for. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't do one a show. <laughs> Let's bring out one. Let's try one just the way he always says. Maybe it'll lay like a locks. Let's give it a try.
1: Yeah, no one's going to hold it against the guy. He's playing 25 other hits that they want to hear.
0: Yeah, there's going to be three people out there that are going to be so psyched. Yeah. But I guess when you're playing the Garden, you don't think about three people. Meanwhile, this guy's so good. When you see him play it live, when you see him, when they cut to his hands, playing the piano, when I watch him, I don't know, you have to be born with this. When he does the left hand with the bass and the staccato with the right at the same time, You can't just learn that you have to, your brain has to function that way to play one part with the right hand and one part with the left. And I know he's Billy Joel. and we've seen him do amazing things on the piano, but that's probably when you think about angry young man and all that other stuff, he plays really fast. This is actually the hardest thing. I think there is You're, you're playing one different kind of rhythm with one hand and a different kind with the other. That's almost impossible.
1: Yeah, for me, definitely. It's like rubbing your stomach one way and yeah, then yes, it, patting your head, it, and, patting your
0: head. It's exactly yeah. you have to be good at that. You have to be born with that. I don't think it's something you can learn. It's just, you know, you're, our, our, a lot of our brains aren't ready for that.
1: Yeah, I'd like to hear from some of our more accomplished piano player listeners if they think that this song is, is one of the most difficult ones uh, for that I reason. Would,
0: I'd be very interested in that, too. That's really cool.
1: Now, speaking of piano players, this song reminds me a lot of um, someone who came later, who I think was inspired a lot by Billy Joel, which is Ben Folds.
0: Oh, you got that right. Yeah.
1: I, I feel like, first of all, the the instrumental in the middle of the song sounds like it could come right out of a Ben Folds album from like the mid 90s. Like, remember that song, One Angry Dwarf? And 200 I never know the faces. names of
0: his albums, but I know them when I hear them. I was a huge fan of that first album.
1: Huge, yeah. So I this is from the day. second album. The first song has like an instrumental break that sounds a lot like the one in this song, and even like some of the lyrics in Stiletto, I could swear I've heard like used in a Ben, like the same thing in a Ben Folds song, like when he goes, "You've been slashed, doo doo do, in the face, doo-doo-doo. That dude, doo-doo, that, that that playing the piano right after to mimic the lyrics. I'm like that. That sounds so much like a Ben Folds thing to me. Yeah,
0: I listened to that album backwards and forwards when it first came out, that Ben Folds, Sarah got me into it, Silverman. So much so, we liked, I think I think I mentioned this on the show before, we liked it so much. She was friendly with Gary Shanling, and she said, uh, you have to have Ben Folds on the Larry Sanders show. And he's like, who? And uh, she's like, you have to put him on. And then he put him on. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I got to sit with Ben Folds while we were watching the taping of the show. And we became friends. And then I went to go see his concert at the Hammerstein Ballroom. He got me tickets and wow. he was like the most awesome guy. We had the best time just you know, because he was on the Larry Sanders show. Unfortunately, on that episode, he played the theme from Dr. Peavers or something. It was it was a horrible choice <laughs> to for, for a, r- a rarity who didn't know who it was. To be like, this is who Sarah Silverman wanted me to have on the show. I feel like it was a mistake of the band, but... Uh,
1: but is right. that up to... Did, did Gary Shandling leave it up to the bands to say, like, play whatever you want to play, or was there some choice made, like, play no, this song? No, no, no,
0: I think he let them play whatever... He, he didn't know the band, so he just said, play whatever you want. Clearly, right. I promise you, this was a horrible choice of a great band uh, to do. And remember that one episode, I think, with Warren Zivon... He's like, uh, remember, he's like, well, I'm not going to play werewolves in London. And he's like, and that's what he's telling, like, Rip Torn. And he's like, you're going to play. And then, Gary, you know, Larry Sanders, on, you're going to play werewolves in London, right? He's like, oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I don't think he really cared when anybody played, because a lot of times the guests on that show seemed to play stuff we weren't interested in. So it's very clear they just made their own choices. And I guess, uh, yeah. even, you know, he only cared about the comedy of the show and. I don't think he worried about the music.
1: That's interesting. That's really cool that you got to hang out with Ben Folds.
0: It was cool. It was really and and watch a taping of the Larry Sanders Show. I mean, think about the multitude of all of that. I'm you know I'm in the the audience. You know when it. Not only did I see the you know the taping of when they're taping the live you know in the Larry Sanders universe, but I also got to see the you know the Office and watching them record there. Uh-huh. You know I got to see everything. It was quite unbelievable. Wow. Ben Paul is the greatest guy. Great guy.
1: Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> the Billy Joel's also talked about other influences in this song. He says he basically just ripped the piano riff from that traffic song, Shanghai Noodle Factory.
0: Oh, right. He loves traffic.
1: In a Shanghai Noodle Factory, place where I Yeah. And uh, it, when you hear that song, you can definitely hear that it's very similar. But he admits it on this one.
0: I never heard that song before, but I always think of the Hong Fat Noodle Company, which is in the uh, Woody Allen movie "Played Against Sam. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Tony Roberts is giving out all his phone numbers he's going to be because nobody had cell phones and he's a businessman. He goes, uh, now, if you'll leave me, I'll be at the Hong Fat Noodle Company. That's 555 5555. Five, five, five. And then I remember, he has that dream and he goes, I'm going to alaska this month if you need me i'll be in frozen tundra 7 5000 he just keeps giving phone numbers throughout the entire uh play and movie hi this is mr christie uh i'm at the hung fat noodle company uh that's uh eight two four
1: seven nine nine six
0: the hung fat noodle company the shanghai noodle company sounds delicious i don't know if i could listen to a song like that without eating
1: yeah i know right now i do kind of want chinese food even just talking about it exactly <laughs> about some Chinese? Oh. Yeah, I will eat that later today. I'm telling you. That's a guarantee, folks.
0: Yeah. And I want to get a switchblade.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I bought a switchblade comb uh, when I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival in the 90s. I used it for a bit. I was doing on stage. And when I went through customs in Canada or the, I guess, coming back, I guess I made it through customs going. But when I was going to the U.S., I was... Um, right next to the president of comedy central doug herzog i was in line <laughs> right before him and i got stopped and they stopped me and they're like is this a switchblade and he, you should have seen his face you know he we knew each other but we weren't friendly and he was like oh my god dave Jusco has a switchblade why would he have a switchblade <laughs> and then they open it and they see it's a comb yeah. and they're like That's hilarious. And then we became friends ever since like I was friends with the (laughs) president of Comedy Central ever since that day. He used to tell that story all the time. How embarrassing is it to get get called by customs be like, Hey, what the hell is this? It's like in trading places. What's this? A cellophane bag this is PCP. Do you know what this does to kids? You know, like, what is this, a switchblade? And then you open it, and it's like a comb. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, you know, or it's like a little pistol, and then you press the button, and it says, flag, this is bang. It's a,
0: right. <laughs> it's exactly that same scenario. So at one point, you become cool and dangerous, and the next, you just become a genuine idiot. <laughs>
1: yeah, or that Seinfeld with Dom Herrera, where he's playing the prop comic, and right. George is like, he has a gun! The prop comic? <laughs> <laughs> It's the nostrils,
0: <laughs> exactly. So, I've had my swear, my my uh, run-ins switch switchblades. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I had a switchblade lighter too. I mean, there's nothing better than it. like. I don't want to carry around a switchblade, but it's there's nothing truly cooler than a switchblade. Technically, but I've also had a switchblade, and I cut myself with it in opening it so much because I was having so much fun. I completely cut myself with it. I don't deserve to have, because it was opening on the outside. The question of there's ones that go that flip open. And then there's ones that are inside the casing. Mm -hmm. So we don't know which one she's is the metaphor for this
1: one. Yeah, we'll never know. We'll to, that's a question kinds. for Billy. So which exact type of Switchblade were you picturing? <laughs> You're like, well, what are well, these two idiots a, talking about? It's a metaphor, you idiot. Right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, I'll just say one
0: last thing. Or what I also like about this song live is that this, and him doing it in 2006, this is an excellent song for his adult smoking voice. This st- song still works for his voice. And I noticed that right away. I'm like, this is a good one for him. It's perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it, it's got to have a little bit of a grit to it, for sure. Yeah,
0: I mean, certainly I like the album version because his voice is old school Billy, but there is a, right, there's a nice grit to it that he can continue to play this. That's why it's kind of weird that he doesn't play it. It's a good song for his uh, 2020 Billy
1: Joel voice. Yeah, I think it's going to come back. How could he never, not even a single one of these MSG shows? Isn't that crazy? It's a little weird. Something, something strange about that. One cool version is there's um I guess he recorded it on one of the Songs in the Attic shows. So it never made it onto the Songs in the Attic, the album, but he recorded it for one of those. And in that live version, the crowd claps along to the bass line and it sounds a lot like we will rock you. Oh, that's so funny. Because it's like da-dun-dun-ch, da-dun-dun-ch, so it's like just has one extra beat to it, but uh, it is not. Although that that song did come out before this one. I'm not gonna claim that Billy Joel heard the sound of that and decided be, he liked it too, but who knows.
0: This is apparently about an irresistible but dangerous woman who wields emotional manipulation like a sharp blade. That is the the git, as one might say, <laughs> of what it's supposed to be. But these lyrics are insane in the sense, again... <laughs> I have definitely been in this situation. She's so fascinating that you're still there waiting. When she comes back for the kill, you've been slashed in the face. You've been left there to bleed. You want to run away, but you know, you're going to stay because she gives you what you need. It's so great. Let's just say that she's so good at sex. Let's just say that she's so good at that because I've seen this before that you're like willing to stay for all the nonsense. And then she goes, then. She says she wants affection, which I've seen a 100 times because then they'll flip. And that's why you stay with somebody. This is a metaphor for all those relationships where, you know, where you're the third party and you hear all this stuff. And you're like, why are you staying? It's because you're so involved with not just the sex, but everything about this woman, even though they change on a dime and then they're going to kill you or you know, searching. And she says while she searches for the vein, she's so good with her stiletto. You don't really mind the pain. I have definitely been in this kind of relationship before, and it's bad. And lots of people are.
1: You know, it's kind of funny because she's always a woman. It's about how Billy Joel says, like, everyone else thinks Elizabeth is a big bitch or has all these downsides, but not to me. And now it's like one album later. And he's like, all right, honestly, guys, uh, she's been stabbing me a lot.
0: Yeah, but I still love it.
1: Yeah, can't (laughs) resist it. And then by the time you get to the nylon curtain, he's over it completely.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. But uh, we've all been in a situation where they're like, why do you stay with this girl? She's horrible. Like, you know, you can never sometimes understand there's a bunch of people like you just can't understand why they're together. The heart wants what the heart wants.
1: Yeah. Do you think this is about his wife, though? Or was he just writing it in general about a femme fatale?
0: Well, because I really didn't want to mention Elizabeth Weber ever again. I'm just going to say it's a femme fatale.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. maybe it's another. uh, What was it like? Holiday Inn desk clerk.
0: Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, Rosalind Rosalinda and her eyes. Yes.
1: (laughs) Or it could be another song about his mom, like how no one thought Laura was about his mom. Maybe this is somehow about his mom in a creepy way.
0: Well, I'm good with that. If he wrote another song again, this is the Italian Jewish. uh, (laughs) This is what you do. I said it before you write songs about women, your mom and food. It all works for me. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is a genius.
1: (laughs) I was listening to an interview with him and he did mention he was like, you know, I used a lot of food metaphors. <laughs> he literally said that.
0: Well, and that's why it's funny. Like, I know he's lost weight, but when he was like, you know, heavy, like if he's saying it at that time when he was really at his heaviest, you're like, no, 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 not you, no, Billy. Yeah, we didn't notice. No, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> right out of stripes. So uh, Bill Burry goes, uh, John Candy says, uh, you might have not notice I have a slight weight problem And you see. Bill Murray, No, no, it comes from swaddling a lot of aggression when I was a kid along with a lot of pizzas
1: (laughs) (laughs) well Dave it's time for the trivia portion of the show do you have a stumper for me yes I got a good one there's another artist who came out with a song a year later
0: who also says a woman cuts him like a knife who is it
1: (laughs) it's too vague I don't know
0: well, I thought it might not be because I said a woman cuts him like a knife. And, cuts him uh, like a knife, and it's somebody we've spoken about that had all. Well, if I tell you, then then you'll get it. But it's a it's a, a, a another person who was very smart about music videos before there was MTV.
1: Paul McCartney. No. No. Well,
0: it's kind of a trick question because you're not thinking about him liking a woman.
1: <laughs> Elton John. No, it's Michael Jackson oh okay so let me think what song
0: like a knife
1: and then my favorite part
0: she's out of my (laughs) you ever hear the ending of that when he cries
1: (laughs) he was so good at showing the emotions (laughs) because he was picturing little boys
0: exactly as a backup to that trivia or a, a, a second part four years after that another artist one of my favorites Decided to actually just call the song "Cuts Like a Knife." <laughs> Do you know that artist?
1: Yeah, but it's like—is it Don Henley? No, na na,
0: na 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 na. He he was a hit factory in the eighties.
1: I'm drawing a blank. The answer is Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Oh, yeah. Cuts like a knife. Sure. Sure. Cuts like a na na
0: na 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 na. See so using na na nas instead of la la la's in a in a different way to make it a little more edgier.
1: Yeah, that's a good producer choice. Hey Brian, why don't you try na nas? Hey, that guy was truly uh he
0: was awesome in the 80s. Damn. <laughs> One hit after the other. Yeah. I loved him. I really liked him a lot. He was great. He played all that kind of stuff. I like those little rock power ballads. He was the king. He was great. Also, uh, just as a an, an aside, Michael Jackson did a song, one of his later songs uh, that's, I believe, off the History album uh, called Blood on the Floor. There's a music video for it, too. Ironically, uh, where he's dancing around a woman with stilettos, but the Song is a woman that pulls a switchblade on him, but she's dancing in stiletto heels.
1: Yeah, well, because stilettos it make it makes someone seem dangerous. Like if she's probably a hooker or something. So yeah, she would well, have a switchblade.
0: It's weird to watch him dancing around a w- with a woman, anyway. But at this point now, but um yeah, it's called Blood on the Floor. It says, "Look who took you under with seven inches in," which also sounds like heels. Blood is on the dance floor. Blood is on the knife all these little same stiletto song metaphors that Michael Jackson and Billy Joel have a very strange connection. Of course they work together and uh, we are the world.
1: Yeah. Maybe Michael, maybe Billy said to Michael, Hey, uh, if you're ever going to try to sing about a woman, think about using stilettos and switchblades.
0: Yeah. yeah you got to see that video. It's very, it, it. I wonder if I took that video and just put the, the song stiletto to it, if it would work, I'm going to give that a try. If we ever do a live version again, I'm going to show that if that works, kind of like putting uh, Dark Side of the Moon on uh, Wizard of Oz.
1: See yeah, I more. bet it'll fit really well.
0: I'm going to give it a try later. I'll let you know. I'll let, you, I'll let everybody know on the wrap-up show.
1: You could probably use Stiletto as the background to a couple different Michael Jackson videos, you know, because he's always like, there's often him dancing with a girl who's kind of like playing hard to get.
0: No, you're completely right. Beat It might fit. That video might fit with Stiletto since it's a gang video
1: yeah and um or your favorite eat it eat it of course (laughs) uh it could work for bad you know it could work for um right right. now what's that one where the ladies the way you make me feel oh i
0: love that song oh he was so good it's such a shame smooth criminal that everything oh those were such good songs let alone excellent videos that smooth criminal video is fantastic yeah. Damn. Oh, I love the way she makes me feel. Such a good song. He was such a good songwriter. Such a good songwriter for so many years.
1: And, then and you he haven't heard, right? you know, the last 12 years or so, I haven't heard a single thing out of yeah, the guy. it's weird. Just goes silent. It's strange. He's probably better off that he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Would his life dead. <laughs> he would have been canceled 48 times by now.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, Alon, do you have a trivia question for me, perhaps?
1: Yes, I do. My question is about the stiletto heel. (laughs) Okay, Uh, the stiletto heel was invented by designer Charles Jourdain or Jordan, whose shoes were very popular and prominent in the collection of what Filipina first lady? Amilda Marcos. That is correct.
0: (laughs) Classic. Uh, Of course, you it's a bogus trivia question since we know it is not about a stiletto heel. But of course, you probably wrote that question. Before you realize a stiletto is a switchblade, so that it's not your fault.
1: I say whatever. If the word is in the song, I'm gonna write a song, I'm gonna write a trivia question about it. Fair enough. I'm just glad
0: I got the answer.
1: Yeah, that was very good. And here's a fun fact about stiletto heels that, that I also just learned.
0: I thought it was gonna be a fun fact on Milda Marcos, but uh,
1: well, there's many fun facts about her. <laughs> so stiletto heels, because it's how pointy that heel is, it actually puts so much pressure down, so much force into the area of the ground that it's like digging into, it's more force. And more pressure than under the foot of an elephant. I'm
0: going to I'm gonna just go out on a limb here, Alon. Um, I don't know whether you've ever done it. I've definitely tried. Have you ever tried to walk around in high heels, let alone stilettos, like your mom's?
1: I think like once I've tried my mom's and right? fell we all, over.
0: We all tried that, right? Isn't it the most difficult thing on the planet? And how and women how- do this on a daily basis is just not to be believed.
1: Yeah. And to give themselves like leg problems and back problems, it's uh, just to look good. They do
0: look good. That's the weird part. Meanwhile, I believe women's feet and toes get all mangled by the end of their lives from wearing and squeezing their toes into like a Cinderella into these shoes just to look good for themselves and us. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I I feel like that should be, uh, you know, taking back like we're going
1: to wear flats from now on. Screw you, men. They should. I don't like all these women walking around taller than me.
0: Exactly. I was dating a girl that was exactly my size. And the first day we went out, she completely wore flats. Uh, so she and I was like, oh, I wore flats for you today. I'm like, well, I wish you hadn't told me. But yes, yeah, thank you very much.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm with you and I'm a little taller than you. And yeah, it's it's the worst. And that is when a woman is taller than me, especially when she's wearing heels. That is when I feel my juiciest. I don't know why. <laughs> That's what
1: I. Just yeah, you're realized. like a little nebbish.
0: Yeah, a little nebbish. Yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very difficult, you know. Even though I don't think the women care, but you do as a man, you know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a little tough, but uh, yeah, high heels. I don't know how and and stilettos. I can't even. I've never tried those because I I assume I would break them with my just being you know my weight. You know, women are 150 pounds less than me, probably. So I don't even know how you walk in stiletto. We have trouble walking in basic high heels like you and me with our mothers trying the (laughs) shoes. Can you imagine walking in a a, a razor thin, you know, shoe? That's insane.
1: Yeah. Plus, you have to like if you're in New York City doing it, you have to avoid all the subway grates and all these things that your heel can get stuck. Yeah. Into.
0: You I watch women walk around subway grates because they will fall in with their shoes or or or, and I'm talking that's on the sidewalks. We're not talking about subway grates. I'm talking about the sidewalks. When yeah. Yeah. Up greats.
1: above. Yeah. All those. There's brakes everywhere. In stepping New York City. off
0: a subway car. But of course, you know, what are you wearing stilettos on a subway for? You take an Uber.
1: <laughs> oh, Some of these are ladies all, of the night. If you're all dressed
0: up. You know, take an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I I am excited to hear your parody today. Uh, I'm wondering if you're going to do a first five minute instrumental before the parody comes in, and will there be okay. finger snaps? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no. Nice. Oh. Ow, that hurt. I'm not good at snapping. Oh, that's interesting. Um, no, I do not have an intro to the song, but my parody for Stiletto is called Small Lego. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It cuts your foot. It hurts your soul. It makes your foot sore. You just stepped down on the missing Lego that your kids were looking for. You're in rage. Doo-doo-doo. You're in pain. Doo-doo-doo. You lock your sons in their room. Don't come out here, boys, till you clean your toys. If you're lazy, use the broom. Then, it, then they ask you for forgiveness they'll be more carefuls what they say but you step down on their small ego so you're feeling shooting pain you're feeling shooting pain hey now
0: that was pretty good the the wording was outstanding oh, like, whether thank you, you. like whether you like it or not it, it, it but the, the, it was an excellent parody like it was really good it, it, it flowed. It was terrific.
1: That's what I'm going for. Going for the flow.
0: Yeah, that was good lyric writing. I I believe that Billy Joel would be very proud of you and especially uh, uh, Weird Al.
1: You know, I had this. So a few nights ago, I was at this thing called the Songwriters Hall of Fame Gala. It's like the big it's a big induction ceremony for some of the best songwriters. And they were Uh, inducting
0: regular Songwriters Hall of Fame or the Long Island one.
1: The regular one, not just the Long Island <laughs> one. Billy, Billy Joel is a longstanding member of this thing. And uh, they were inducting, it was like Steve Miller and the Isley brothers and Mariah Carey and all these really great uh, writers and the Eurythmics, they got inducted. But anyway, I was thinking a lot of times these like old time guys show up to this event or they perform on behalf of someone. So if they're inducting Steve Miller, it'll be like, now here's so-and-so playing a Steve Miller song. So I was like, there's a chance, there's a chance that Billy Joel will be here. This is not a huge event. It's just it's just in a ballroom in midtown Manhattan. And I was thinking if I saw him, I'd have to give him a pitch about the podcast. And I'd probably mention that I do these parodies. And what if he asked me, like, give me a taste of one of them. And so I went through the list. Like, what would I sing? Which one would be the one? And I couldn't figure it out.
0: Yeah. And then, you you know, you probably forget them after you do them because we do so many of them that, you know, we have to do another one in a couple of days. So I don't even know how you would have one memorized ready to go. But yeah, that's the thing. Right. You should just in case.
1: Right. You got to always have one ready to go. But then I was like, but it's got to be a good like food based one, maybe that he would appreciate.
0: Well, be careful. You don't want to hit those scone ones.
1: Not the scones, but (laughs) like the one for Laura, tuna salad. I thought that was a pretty good one.
0: You're going to have to pick the perfect one. One that's funny as soon as you say it and then one that has the lyrics to back it up.
1: And then I can sing decently enough that he can even recognize his own song.
0: Right. So even this one would be a good one, but the subject isn't good enough, even though it is for us, it might not be good enough. Like, well, I called it small Lego.
1: <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, come back. Hello. Or or like the Seinfeld ones or the Star Wars ones. Like, does he even like those things? Maybe not. So there has
0: to be one with a really good title, you know, the best title you ever did. And I don't yeah. know what it was. Maybe one of our listeners will remember.
1: And then like order the egg foo young was fine. But then he might think, oh, he's just doing that old Mad Magazine one. Yeah, but I that. like
0: that, though. That's a good one. He'll appreciate that. It has food in it. What's the matter with you?
1: And it's Chinese food. We
0: know he likes. Exactly. That. You know, he's gonna, And then you could go off. And this is what I would do, of course, where he would walk away for sure. He'd be like, Yeah, because it's like you mentioned the Chinese food of the Barbra Streit Center, which is New York it's... State of Mind. You go backwards in a crazy place. And they're like, uh uh-uh, right, right, right. Uh, nice meeting you. Security
1: yeah really? billy how about some chinese
0: oh even better
1: oh billy
0: <laughs> right that was like, you know, when your wife had that thing, the thing the thing elizabeth weber would be like all right i don't know what the fuck
1: this guy's talking about. <laughs> so we had this parody it's called november song <laughs> uh because you remember D- december song your your song do you remember that? No? Okay. Uh,
0: well, I never called it December song, but if I. Until guess you I, come to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, until you come to me. Oh, that's a quality song. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I should have called that song December song. You're right, Alan Altman. <sighs> I remember mean, my name. All right. And it cuts like a knife. She's out of my.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's great mike can you do that again just uh, a <laughs> cry on cue once yeah, more no problem
0: okay <laughs> honestly we're out of gas
1: <laughs> <laughs> you should do a whole podcast in michael jackson's voice
0: that's not a bad idea
1: i, I was listening to there's a com- <laughs> there's this compilation on youtube of like paul mccartney talking throughout the years about how michael jackson screwed him
0: Oh yeah, I love that about the uh, say say say.
1: Well, not about the song, but about oh, how buying his uh, buying his catalog. all the rights, yeah. yeah, the whole music publishing catalog for the Beatles, and like he, he always he says like he was like you know Michael, you should get into music publishing; it's a good right. business. And Michael's like, I'm gonna get your songs, and and Paul goes, Oh you, because <laughs> yeah, he thought he yeah. was joking, and then he just did it.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, it's great. Paul McCartney has outlived all his enemies.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, folks that was stiletto if you like our podcast be sure to go to apple and give us five stars we release new episodes every tuesday and thursday so make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song follow us on social media at billy joel a to z and give us some feedback did you know this song wasn't about high heels can you tell us where the switchblade sound effect is in the song we can't hear it why do you think billy stopped playing this song live have you ever stepped on a lego and was anyone actually surprised that dave Juscow admitted to trying on heels how dare you <laughs> we all had an idea until next time I'm Alan Altman I'm Dave Juskow and this is Billy Joel A to Z and it cuts like a knife she's up uh...